It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on? It is episode number, I don't know what we're on with the WIP show, uh, but it's almost been a year. That's what I was, that's, that's, we're getting close to that. We, it's, uh, it's been a year since we've come over. We are uh, ecstatic, not only because of that, because, uh, you know, it, training camp's coming up. So we're, we finally made it through here. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gouton, all hanging out with you. James, where have you been, man? I, You're here. I, I know. I was, I was away. It, uh, I was in Portland, man. It was really, <laughs> it was, uh, first of all, just to echo what you said, best decision we ever made to come over here. Absolutely. Amazing. We're so happy. Um, yeah, I was in Portland, man. So, like, obviously, you know, super left coast, relaxed, very much my style, as you guys know. I'm very relaxed. And hanging out chill. in Portland, drinking all the beers. I did do that, and it was pretty great. Everybody there were a else lot working, of beers. That was the thing. Everybody's working 14-hour days. You just, yeah. you know, sipping on beer flights. That's the, the funnest fact I learned about Portland while I was out there is that every single restaurant actually has its own brewery. Oh, <laughs> so, see, that's, a, that's very important. Literally everyone. It was amazing. Editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandley Gowden, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm ready for training camp. Uh, and like we said, we have officially... Made it through the dead zone. Uh, I can't believe that it actually happened because I just figured we'd be having to talk about, you know, I don't know, all all the sorts of nonsense that you have to push through through July. But honestly, it hasn't been that bad for some reason. Like there, there has been things that have been coming up more or less from the division rivals of the Eagles, like Washington and Dallas. (laughs) And we'll get into those for sure. But BLG, I want to start with you. What is it? That needs to happen in training camp, I guess, for for you, for Eagles fans, who needs to really step up and show that they need to be on this football squad here? I mean, I hate to start with the obvious, but it has to be Carson. We have to go with Carson right away because, you know, there were times this spring, and you saw it, John, where we're watching Carson, and it's like, man, like, you know, I don't want to overreact to this too much. It's only spring practice. It's only OTAs. It's not like he's going to go to this mechanics coach 
in the offseason. All of a sudden, like he's going to be this perfect finished product heading into year two. But there were some times there of the accuracy where you know they'd be doing a red zone drill and he'd go like two of eleven and like you know that's again not great. Bob season isn't over, but like <laughs> that's not what we're looking for. So I want to see him come out in training camp because he did end mini camp really strong. He was he was throwing a lot more uh, passes with accuracy. So I think to see him kind of pick up from mini camp where he is there and and looking strong in the, this training camp and taking control of the team, I think that's what I want to see right away. I'm I'm curious to see how many people. If he does struggle, say it doesn't matter. It's just preseason. It's just training camp. Because I feel like that happens a lot, no matter what. But we all pay attention, right? Like, that's the kind of... <laughs> we're still there. I, I've never seen so many people say, well, it's just OTAs. It's like we continuously kick the can on down. The, well, it's just it's just summer practices. It's just the preseason. It's like, no, I, th- these things matter building up to it. And James, do you have anybody that's on the top of your head that you're like, all right, this guy needs to have a very strong training camp this season. I do. Great point, though, by the way, because I, I I will admit I'm very guilty of the OTA thing. And the, I'm like, they're not in pads. It doesn't count. And I that's do, okay. I think I that's the only thing that you can way, say. But I, yeah. I I think that to think that once they get into pads and you know they're actually playing live football for for at least a closer amalgamation of real football, um, then I think you start to have to take it more seriously. But uh, for me, when you said the question, Nelson Aguilar was the first name that came to my mind. Uh, as you guys know, I'm less of a less bullish, at least on a potential turnaround, but <laughs> to kind of echo what BLG is saying, like, I think Wentz is the clear one, but on the defensive side, I want to see Fletcher Cox, man. I want to see him come in like, like a, a beast, ready to go, ready to show us a little bit of we, a chip on his yeah, shoulder because yeah. he should have a chip on his shoulder because he didn't play that well last year. And he didn't show up for, you know, OTAs in, in the long run, not a big deal, but he got some crap for it. And, and at the time, you know, whether deserved or not, I, I just hope that, that all this, the $100 million man, all that type of stuff, I, I want to see a fire lit under Fletcher. Absolutely. I think that's, and again, that's more or less for his contract. And it's the same way that I think we feel about Vinny Curry as well. That's one I used on the podcast at BGN underscore radio. Jack Fritz, who's producing our show right now, is on that one too. We were kind of going through a lot of that stuff. I don't necessarily, you know, I, that's where I always kind of have that conflict of like, He's still going to be a dominant force no matter how much he's getting paid, whether that's – I mean, do we feel better if it's $50 million over his career or over his length of the contract, yes. over it's 100 or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. No, he needs to have – I think people just need to see the sack numbers. And that's not to excuse a lot of the different stuff that you know we saw over there. There is, there is this weird narrative as the offseason progressed that, oh, he got double teamed all the time. He wasn't getting double teamed all the time. Kyle Long stood him up against the Bears, and that was early. Like, there was a lot of one-on-one opportunities where, you know, a lot of the, lot of the concentration was just directly on him, and he lost those battles. I don't know how much influence that Timmy Jernigan is going to have in that situation. Like, are they just going to go, okay, we're just going to double up on one of these guys and pick our poison for whatever kind of thing that we're running here, but how much impact does Timmy Jernigan have on Fletcher Cox's, you know, uh, ability this year? It's it's a great question, especially because a healthy Benny Logan, we saw the difference that that generally made for Fletcher and obviously Timmy, Tim Jernigan, uh, <laughs> a better pass rusher than Benny Logan. So I think they could have a real dominant force coming from the inside. One interesting thing you said, and I totally agree, John, is I think that the pressure and the, the discussion about it, missing OTs, all that stuff all comes from the fact that he got signed to a $100 million contract. But at the same time, I think he still did get signed to a $100 million contract. And whether he likes it or not, whether we like it or not, that is something that is going to be associated with him and is something that demands production. So while I agree with you that that it it shouldn't matter in theory, 
I, BLG, I think ultimately it is going to matter that you know he get he makes hundred million dollars. I would disagree, James. That he looked bad last year. I don't. Think oh yeah, he, I don't think bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, did I he, say that? You were like, you're, yeah, way to go. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, go. I'm gonna write a stern dis- letter. <laughs> he <laughs> disappointed. He wasn't elite. In the Eagles need him to be an elite difference maker yeah. with that contract. Like, he, this needs to be a guy who takes over games at some points, and he did at times. Or more so earlier on, like the the Pittsburgh game really stands out to me as a game where he kind of just dominated the yeah, interior of that line. And Big Ben didn't have a chance all day. Like they need him to do that more often. He needs to take over. And I don't think it's just Timothy Jernikian. <laughs> uh, by the end, of, we're just gonna have so many different <laughs> versions of Tim by the end of the season. Oh, I can't wait. I don't think it's just him making the difference there. I, although I do think that will be big because, as I've pointed out many times, look, Timmy Jernigan is. Three years younger than Benny Logan, and mm-hmm. he and he's played sixteen less games than Benny Logan, and he has like twice the career sacks of Benny Logan. So I, there's reason to believe he'll be better as a pass rusher. But again, it's not just him; it's Brandon Graham coming back, and I think you know he had an underrated year last year because he led the NFL in total pressures in terms of combined sacks and hurries and hits. And Derek Barnett, who we saw, who looked awesome, who was another player to really watch in training camp when the pad goes on. But if he can be awesome. And you have Vinny in this rotation. I don't think it's just Jernigan coming in here. I think all those guys are really going to help uh, take the pressure off of Cox. 888-729-9494. What are you looking forward to and who needs to step up for you, I guess, in training camp? And what do you need to see to kind of make you feel a little bit better about heading into the season? I've got some names on the defensive side of the ball as well because I think there's one rookie in particular who you absolutely has to stand out over training camp and over the preseason, but I want to go to my main man, David, in Carbondale, Illinois. David, what's happening, man? Good to hear from you. Hello, and and, and again, not just in Carbondale, but still in Los Angeles. You're still in L.A. I can't see you're in... So why do you, see, but why do you say you're in Illinois when you're clearly in L.A.? I'm guessing it's in the system that way. <laughs> oh, it would be. I, 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 I'm in the system. Yep. Again, you get, A little inside baseball it. there. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. Um so I uh, appreciate you guys taking my call, uh, but see, the I have two questions pertaining to the offensive line, both short-term and long-term. Um, short-term, we know Peters probably won't be here past next year. Um, and looking at the offensive line and the guys that Doug likes and that they brought in, uh, I, I heard BLG talk about Ike Simalo. <laughs> yeah, and, Ike. Let's, get the, let's get the Ike train going. Yeah, Please, yeah. right. And and how he kind of had that a little bit of a, the Mauler mentality to him. We know Kelsey is just the most athletic center that is probably playing right now. Um, and then Brandon Brooks is a gigantic. It, he it, Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson both are huge. They're both like six five, yeah. three hundred and thirty pounds. Like they're they're Maulers. Are we seeing our offensive line like kind of moves? toward that type of road grading, you know, dominant, you know, like big dudes just kicking the crap out of <laughs> big people Dallas beat Cowboys. up little people. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like a familiar mentality. Yeah, right? yeah exactly. No, but, uh, yeah. It's funny though, but the difference between like a Chip Kelly offensive line maybe and this one would be, you know, Chip generally, at least in theory, well, first of all, just neglecting the offensive line entirely. Um, and then secondly, right. you know, guys who are more athletic or at least, you know, uh, who would fit that kind of mold. And I, I, as you pointed out, you know, you do see Brandon Brooks, a bigger guy coming in here, 
kind of a mauler. Mm-hmm. Somalo's not like really big. He's not huge, but he does have like that really physical, nasty mentality. I remember he's real strong and that, athletic yeah. too. Yeah. Again, it's non-contact, but there was a play in like was, I think it was one of the first days of OTAs, and he kind of just Vinny, the yeah. Vinny Curry there you go. He just like <laughs> tossed Vinny Curry. It was awesome. I love to see it. So I do think they're getting physical, and I and I you have to give a lot of credit here to uh, Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach as well. Yeah, for sure. Was that was that toss payback for not living up to his contract? Like, yeah, <laughs> from all of Eagledom, right? Like we all, it was from all of us, Vinny. Yeah, David, we appreciate the call, man. Enjoy LA. Um, I'm sure it's uh, just as just as hot as it is out there right now. But that's the that's the thing that I'm just still kind of blown away by too. Is just you know, I, there are so many different. When's the last we have complained about? All offensive line depth for five years. <laughs> Guardian McBeef. And now we're just kind of like, now there's too many. There's too many freaking <laughs> offensive linemen on this football team. And that's the battle that I think it's obvious and everybody's waiting for to see. It's like, all right, well, who's who's going to start at left guard? You know, I mean, I know that Chance Warmack sounds like an interesting thing, but I, I, I don't think he's going to make this football team. I really don't. If they're keeping Jason Kelsey... There's uh, there's no way that Chance Warmack is making this football. Wow, team. Uh, John, John, that's a really interesting. I haven't even thought about Warmack as a potential cap, you know, cut <laughs> casualty type person. I agree. I think Isaac Samalo is going to win that job. Mm-hmm. I think a they really like him, and b everything we've seen from him has been impressive. You know, especially for his age and and you know experience level. I've been really really impressed with with Ike Samalo. Um, but uh, John, I think the point you make though, and, and Warmack, interesting that, that edge of the, the fact that we're even discussing Warmack as a potential non-roster guy is, is awesome. You know, the fact that we have this kind of depth here, how many times have we talked about the issues with the offensive line and a few years ago, you know, where, where literally we lost every single player on yeah. the offensive line over the course of the season and the damage that did, I, I think, you know, offensive line depth, maybe one of the more underrated needs to have in the NFL right now. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's kind of, it should give you as as many concerns as I've had about like, well, is Jason Peters going to actually last 16 games and would they switch Lane Johnson over there? I actually think there's enough beef through the middle that sure, one of those places might be a little weaker, but it's not going to be detrimental. I like agree. even if Jason Kelsey goes down, then you slide over Ike, or if Ike's not starting at left guard for whatever reason, then you put him at center. That's a little more active, strong beef that's going through there. I honestly think that like that's where I'm just so confused on all that. I really, I mean, oh, no disrespect to Jason Kelsey at all because he's awesome. I love him. He's great, but that just makes so much more sense to me if you have. A guy like Warmack playing left guard, say Amalu playing center, or Wisniewski playing guard, or however yeah. you want. It's just it's mind-boggling to me that the, the road-grading part, the thing that if you're going to do running back by committee, and if you wanted to make it successful, then you have to have one of the best offensive run lines in, in the land. And I don't think they have that with Jason Kelsey, unfortunately. Yeah. I just don't. Well, especially because the upside is that. You know, it really is. It's a great point, but I love all the beef talk as well. A lot of beef thrown in there. Uh, <laughs> but also just one more point to David's point. Um, that right side of the line could be special. Like Brooks mm-hmm. and, and Johnson over there, like that's that could be one of the biggest strengths of this football team, and that's something to, to be excited about. Absolutely. Let's go to Joe in Northern Liberties. Joe, what's going on, bud? You're on BGN Radio. What's up, guys? What's um, happening, man? Just just wanted to bring in the point. I, w- I would love to see the statistics. I don't know if it's out there anywhere, but the statistics for um, QB release time against the Eagles defense over the year, because we beat up our defensive line, especially Fletcher Cox. But when you look at, like, even just the 2017 player ranking, they still have Fletcher Cox up there. He still disrupts it. Yeah, maybe not perfect play all the time, but he's still getting to the quarterback or QB pressures. But the release time, I think they figured out 
if you release the ball in less than two seconds, our corners will not be able to keep up with any wide receiver. So it's just an increase. You look at, um, like, that Steelers game, you had Ben Roethlisberger just kind of stunned by how quickly we were getting to him. Oh, yeah. I think the next game, somebody figured it out, said, you know what? Just throw the ball faster. Nobody's going to be able to keep up with the wide receivers. Just get rid of it. And, Joe, I think that kind of happened over time. Like, you saw the main differences between, like, what Pittsburgh ran and then Green Bay ran when everybody's like, okay, I think we – man, Green Bay hasn't won, a game, won in six games. In six weeks, they haven't won. All of a sudden, they're just we're just going to attack them short and quick. We're going to go – that's their strength on this defense. They don't. We don't have Antonio Brown. We don't need a long time for things to develop. Uh, and they just went for it. That's, a, that's all they did. They carved them up. They cut them exactly. apart, and that's it. What was it? I think Beasley had like nine or ten catches against us or something because it's just a slot, like little slot slot passes. Nobody could keep up with them. And so well, how effective can your D-line be if the D-line has literally two seconds or less to get to the quarterback? Well, that's a great point, Joe. And that's why you can't have Malcolm Jenkins covering Beasley because yes. that's what happens, you know. And, and when you have a lot of that going through, which leads me to my guy and why this needs to get solidified in the summer, I want him the starter week one of preseason. Razul Douglas yep. needs to have the strongest summer out of all of them, and it's not to put pressure on him. It's not to be like, hey, man, you got to be the guy. Patrick Robinson does not help this football team for one week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. He needs to be the third corner on this football team. Razul Douglas is my guy, BLJ. I think that's a very uh, fair call and a very fair point. When I think about how good this Eagles pass rush could be, and I'm very bullish on it, I also think, well, you know, we did see how it got countered in a Packers game, you know, where you have a lot of the short passing game, trying to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands, kind of neutralize that pass rush. But I think for as many concerns as we have about these Eagles cornerbacks, the one good thing, at least in theory, that they should be good at is being feisty at the line of scrimmage. Like, look at Jalen Mills, look at Rizal Douglas. Like, those guys, they're really aggressive. That's where they're going to win. The concern with those guys Mm -hmm. is down the field. Like, they can't cover down the field because they don't have that deep speed. So... If, they're, if teams are going to play into this short passing game, I think those guys are aggressive, and they're going to jump on certain plays too, and that could turn into interceptions or big plays for the defense. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I th- we've talked about that a ton, the importance of just pressure and what, what that does. The, the John Ritchie line of it's called the secondary for a reason, you know, secondary, <laughs> you know, the pass rush comes first. Uh, but I think you could just as easily put Jalen Mills there, right? Like, it's, it's the combo, sure. really, because, I mean, Jalen Mills is – all of a sudden, the number one cornerback on this team, uh, you know, ipso facto. And it's like, uh, exactly. It's like, what if we see <laughs> yeah. this guy do in the NFL to make us feel confident that he can cover a Des Bryant or a Terrell Pryor, or Odell Beckham Jr. or whatever it is. So I think, you know, just as much for me, and I totally agree. I think Rasul Douglas, especially from the rookie class, probably the most important that he shows up immediately. Um, but I think you could just make the case. It's just as important for Jalen and just as, uh, you know, we don't know for Jalen Mills as well. And, you know, Jack Fritz, who's uh, producing our show right now, actually said on the podcast, like, you were just saying, it just needs to be serviceable. It, you know, like, all that .5 talk of just, like, that half a second that they just need to cover, it just needs to be serviceable. It doesn't need to be the best secondary in the world, which I think a lot of Eagles fans are, it's it's either one way or the other here. Yeah, just just don't be the worst that we've ever seen. And that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> don't be Bradley Fletcher. Don't be these guys. Just Just keep everything in front of you. Let the safeties do their job. Don't get beat deep. Don't have Malcolm Jenkins in the slot, and we can go from there, and we'll be okay. I don't. I think people are a little bit too concerned about the corners. I think they're going to be okay this year. Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> it's amazing that throughout the run of all of these different starters and all this different stuff here, that that's w- what we've been asking for for seven years. Don't be terrible. 
And it's amazing that we've had the same conversation with the wide receivers, and that's just been in the short-term thing. But literally, the bar is be better than Bradley Fletcher. And it's amazing <laughs> that the Eagles have not hit that bar yet. It is be the lowest better. bar ever in anything. Like, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, oh, it's so easy to replace. Maybe it's not. Let's go to Bob and Marlton real quick. Bob, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Great, guys. Uh, I think we've got the players to, to make a run. I'm not worried about who we've brought in. Now, whether or not they gel and come together, that's something else, mm-hmm. whether they perform. But to me, the biggest worry is the coach. I mean, he was my biggest worry last season. I don't think he made the leap that, leap that Carson Wentz did, and I think he's really got to step up. And I, In a couple of places, one, I think he has to adjust and realize that, hey, now I really have a running game. i got to use it. Number two, my play calling. i got to realize that this is a 60-minute game. Going for it on second and two in the first quarter and passing up the three points, it, it may, just may lose me a bunch of games. And number three, I would like him to start listening a little more to his offensive coordinator. I understand Doug really likes calling plays. It makes him feel like he's down there on the ball, on the field and playing. But the, the offensive coordinator is a pretty smart guy, and I think he's got to lean on it, particularly in the second half when we have to adapt when our game plan for the first half has been figured out, and now we have to change. Now we have to do something different. Yeah, and Bob, I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from, and we're just up against the break, but hold off on all that stuff because I know that there's a large Doug Peterson talk that's coming, including some comments that got everybody and their panties in a twist, including Jody Cameron. It was a real fun discussion on Tuesday. <laughs> Wait, Jody Cameron? No way, really? He never gets that way. <laughs> we, uh, so Todd, Bob, Stephen, all hang on the line. We want to get to your phone calls as well. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Where Eagles football lives. Sports Radio 94 WIP. So uh, it looks like uh, the NFL really, really wants to get involved in this Ezekiel Elliott (laughs) investigation, which we'll get to in the second hour. But Dead's been released this thing, and man, oh man, are they knocking on the door of every local police department in Columbus and anywhere that they could. And they didn't used to do that at all. So we'll get into that. 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio. I am John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gouton, editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation. Dot com as we are healed till uh, 3 o'clock. And then we've got uh, Joe Giglio and Tank live from Ooh. Citizens Bank Park to uh, lead you right up into the Phillies. And let's go to Todd in South Philly. Todd, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Yo, what's, on, what's going on, guys? Nothing much, Yo, man. Todd. Yo, uh, so first I just want to say I love this radio show. It's my favorite one to listen to. Appreciate uh, that, thank buddy. You, Todd. Just, Thanks, buddy. Uh, you always talk about interesting stuff, and I always like enjoy calling into you guys. Appreciate um, it, Todd. Yeah. So I like Jimmy can tell you I I have a lot of unconventional thinking outside the box I like ideas. This. Okay. Uh, so Jason Kelsey, we all say he he's a great pulling center, correct? Like oh. he can run. Oh, I think decent. I know where you're going, Todd. I think I know where you're going, and I think I like it. Yeah. I I so I like him as either we could. I think he'd get bullied in the guard spot, but he's got the quickness. I think he could be a, an emergency fullback. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Garrett, Blunt, <laughs> Garrett Blunt needs a fullback in order for him to be able to run properly. He's never been great without one. I think if Jason Kelsey could drop back into that fullback position with how quick he is, 
I think he could really start pulling and making a difference in that backfield. Okay, so do I don't know if anybody remembers, but way back in the day, in the early days of Donovan McNabb and Andy Reid, they had the dumbest formation ever where they would stack two. It was, well, first of all, it used to be John Ritchie and then whatever big guy that was right onto his right, and then the running back would be behind him. Like, it was the ridiculous, it, and it was only used for quarterback sneaks. Every single person knew it was quarterback <laughs> sneak. But if you run, if you run a pistol, honey bobo, Jason Kelsey package <laughs> with LeGarrette, oh, like, on. if it looks like you know, the when, most ridiculous if, thing you've ever if seen. If everybody means from last year when Michigan just lined up in a straight line, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So it's it's uh, Bo Allen, Jason Kelsey, and LeGarrette Blunt, and just go. You know, I I, I love that idea. Like or just 800 I, I, pounds of beef. Put all the put all the meat up on the goal line and score a touchdown. I'm it listen. It's absurd. not ideal, and a, and it would never happen. And the Eagles would never do it. But I want it to happen. Well, you Todd. do what you do is you do that. You set it up. You fake to blunt. And you throw a fade to Alshon. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Dude, but yeah, Jason Kelsey. Just because it would never happen, but I think he could actually have success as a fullback. Just because we all say he's undersized. But he's a good size if he were to just be coming out of the backfield swinging and blocking. It would be he's the used to taking on those <laughs> linebackers and stuff. I think he would actually be effective at it. Listen, Todd, I'm, I I know that everybody would go that was so stupid. Yeah, but it's fun, and I and, and I love that idea. And if Jason Kelsey could catch a football, that would be the only time that I would be in favor of putting a fullback back in the NFL. That's it. And because I hate fullbacks, I don't. I don't think they're it's it's it, they're useless. I don't if you if you don't have a running back that can go do the thing, forget about it. But no, where are you looking at me oh, so yeah, funny? I'm, no, I, 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 you know me. I could, if I never and no offense to John Ritchie, who I love. If I never saw a fullback again in the NFL, I'd be totally fine with it. Ritchie even says it. He's like, I don't know why anyone would play fullback growing up. He's yeah. like, there's no point in the way the game is played today. No one gets. Yeah, I don't remember ever anybody, even through my Pop Warner days, of being like, yeah, I'll play fullback. <laughs> that sounds great. It's just well, kind of like yeah, the kid who couldn't really do anything but could block okay. Well, because usually, right, like the actual fullbacks are like the kids who play running back in high school or like the you know best running back in the state but are a little too slow or a little too big or whatever, and then <laughs> fullback and so on and so forth. All right, let's go to Bob in uh, Philly. Bob, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing good, sir. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Um, Kind of a, uh, going off with the last caller, my biggest concern is LeGarrette Blount. I know he's an awesome running back, but we all got hyped about DeMarco Murray coming to Philadelphia, and I worry that our line is not New England's line. Let's be honest. Our line is what? Not what line? It's not New England. New England's not that great. I mean, yeah, talent-wise, okay. they just—I mean, Skarnecki is probably the best offensive line coach in the game. But I don't—they've been think, struggling for two years. Yeah, but if they've no, they've—I mean, they've made what they've done is they've made a lot out of a little, but they're very deficient talent-wise comparatively. But okay, do you think we're going to have another letdown like we did with Demarco Murray? No, I think it's a complete first and foremost. I mean, Demarco Murray was paid like fifty million dollars or whatever. So I think, and also, <laughs> also Demarco Murray was coming off like. His obviously best season ever, and one of the best seasons we've seen from a running back in a number of years too. So, um, look, Legarrette Blunt's a one-year deal for what a, a million and a half, two million, whatever it is. I mean, it's a very low-stakes deal. I know that we as Eagles fans are expecting a lot from him because he's coming into a position that we desperately needed something there. But uh, look, Legarrette Blunt's a really nice player, but I, I don't think anyone should be expecting him to come in and be the star of the offense. I don't think you a Demarco Murray type letdown is even possible. Well, yeah, and and Bob, we appreciate the phone call too. And the other thing too is just if you're expecting him to carry 
275 times, You're, or if the Eagles are planning on doing that stuff, yes, be ready to be disappointed. Of course, but they, that that's should not, not work. be the plan. Right, exactly, right. yes. He yes. should be right in that 110 yes. area, that 130 area, which is basically what he's been his yes. entire career. And I think some of that is, like, it is concerning with the amount of carries that you have through there than the next year. Sure. It's not, it's not as great. He fits into that category. Sure. But, um, I mean, a lot of that's a little skewed because they just leaned on him while Tom Brady was out. They leaned yeah. on him to do I mean, Jacoby Brissett was in there for two games. They just ca- continued to give him the football. It eased off as the season went on. And also, DeMarco Murray, like, while for Blunt it was his his career high and all type of stuff, like, DeMarco Murray had, like, record numbers of touches. Like, we're talking about a guy who was used into the ground. Like, LeGarrette Blunt had a lot of carries for LeGarrette Blunt, who was also a guy who his whole career has had less miles on him than a guy like DeMarco Murray. So uh, just in my mind, it's not even like a, a comparable situation. I thought BLG, he gave me the, he gave me the, I got a great point face. And then uh, I read it incorrectly, which is why I would have lost in the world series of poker. (laughs) So that's that's what's going on. Bob and Marlton, we didn't forget about your question too. This is a, it's a very large Doug Peterson topic as we're going to get into that. So trust me, we're going to answer that uh, very soon, but we got to go to our main man, Steven in West Palm beach. What's going on, buddy? How are you gentlemen? How are we doing today? Doing Doing fantastic now. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we're we're right on the eve of training camp, and then it's just nonstop uh, five months of football. So life is good. Absolutely. Um, w- one thing I wanted to touch on real quick because I know you guys didn't uh, have a chance to get to it on the pod yesterday. Uh, actually, was Doug Peterson's comment saying you know that, that this Eagles team probably quote unquote probably has more talent than the Packers uh, team that won it in '96. And uh, one thing that jumped off the page to me is Doug always comes across as kind of a company guy, right? His, his press conferences are really boring. You never really get much substance out of him. So for him to say that, I kind of looked at it as uh, uh, definitely different. And I think, it, you know, it doesn't really bother me too much, uh, only because I think that it, it goes back to that, that tacky tagline of emotional intelligence. I think that, you know, instills <laughs> confidence in his team and lets him know that, hey, I was on this team, and I think you guys have the capability of being that good. I think that's a great point, Stephen. I think that goes into the whole going for and fourth down thing that James especially loves here. Um, like that mentality of like, these are my guys. I believe in these guys a lot. I do like that part of it. I don't like the part in the sense of like, you know, I write about this stuff. So like, you know, if there's ever a quote, like I'm sure we'll talk about this later, like Jason Pierre Paul saying the Giants can go undefeated this year, like that stuff, you know, I just think it always can come back and bite you in a certain way. But in this case with Doug Peterson, I do like the confidence that he has in his guys. I do think it's a, a bold comparison, but I, I did like something that I read that Ruben Frank actually like double checked back with Doug after that uh, interview they did that day when he said that. And Doug, like, did, he stood by it. He wasn't like, it wasn't like a situation where, like, oh, Doug I never stands by things when he says yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like he just said this thing and it kind of, like, got away from him. He's like, oh, no, I can't believe I just said that. He was like, no, he doubled down on it. He really believes it. And I like the confidence. Double down, Doug. Let's go with that. That's right. And again, Malik Jackson down there in Jacksonville saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. That's a clear <laughs> trope alert. I think that this is, this is just. <laughs> adding that extra confidence in his team. Real quick, fellas, before I get off, I got an over-under for you. Oh, I like, Ooh, yeah. And, and if you don't to. know by now, Stephen Lee is the master of over-under, so we're ready. I'm, tr- I'm trying, man. Uh, <laughs> this isn't as sexy, but Jalen Mills, nine starts. He had two last year. Ooh, I like it. Uh, yeah, that's a, I mean, it better be now, over. This team's in a lot of trouble if now, it's not over. Now Sad I wonder is, to say. Is, is because we're in the era that we are, if he's starting at nickel, which, again, I don't really understand either, but a lot of people suggested maybe he goes in a nickel slot if Ron Brooks or something happens. 
I think does he, that count as a start? If he's on the field the first I, play yeah, of the I'd game. Say that's yeah. what matters, yeah. I'm going to take the under. Whoa! I'm, I'm take taking the, the over easy. I'm yeah, the easier. Easy I mean, I think it's like, you know, uh, potentially 16, but injury the only yeah. reason it's not. I think we need to get ready for a tandem of Razul Douglas and Patrick Robinson. <laughs> oh, voice. man! I just think it's going to happen at some point. And that's not, it's not a knock on Jalen Mills. It's definitely not a I'm knock. Not, look, I'm not a huge Mills I'm guy. Just I just saying, I think they're going to get frustrated at some point, and that's going to be a carousel of. Who's going to sure. start this week? I think that they, I think they believe in Mills a lot. Like at least the rhetoric that we've heard coming from them, coming from Schwartz, Pierce, and all these guys the is players like, even even the players is a lot of Jalen Mills love and belief and whatnot. So I think they're going to give him every chance to to kind of work his way out of it. If he does start. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. And what uh, Bob and Marlton has said, Stephen Lee in West Palm Beach. It's a large discussion that we want to get into, but we also want to get everybody's points in as well. Dennis in Springfield, what's going on, buddy? How are you? You know, I'm in Springfield, but West Palm Beach, it ain't got nothing on North Wildwood. That's where we're at. <laughs> tell him. Tell him, Dennis. Uh, oh, man. Uh, the, the, the worst God is taking a day. <laughs> the worst contract Howie gave out over the last couple of years was Fletcher Cox. Incorrect. It was Vinnie Curry. <laughs> it was Vinnie Curry. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? You may, you may give me a fight there. But defensive tackle is the most overrated position in the NFL. I, 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 well, here's the difference, Dennis. I don't think it's. I don't think the position is overrated. I think the market is too high for the it. Market's way too high. Yeah. I mean, if if any if any of you guys can tell me the last four or five Super Bowl winners or the last four or five years, the top four defenses have any of them had a hundred million dollar defensive tackle? No, I'm but, it, but, but they're only a few hundred million de- defensive dollar defensive tackles for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah, like but three. I mean, but if you put JJ Watt what, what, on the Patriots, that probably yeah, changes or that. Aaron right? Donald on one of those teams <laughs> that changes that. Yeah. But but it's just it, it's it's like the running back position now. Nobody nobody wants to pay running backs because they're basically you know they're pretty much interchangeable, and you can get a guy in the draft all the time. You you don't need a, a great defensive tackle. You need above average defensive tackles and you need competent defensive I think, tackles. I, I get what you're saying. I think you just need playmakers along that defensive line, whether they're inside or outside. It's just more classic that the outside guys, the ones who make the big difference, the Von Miller. I, I, I mean, guys, if, but... if Fletcher gets 12 sacks this year, we're all going to say great year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Okay, and that's not even a sack a game. What was yeah, that? But, that's not, but, <laughs> you're making a it sack sound... every game? What are you asking Dennis, for? You're making Dennis? it sound like... Uh, it's so easy to reel off 12 sacks. You know As how hard that is? As a defensive tackle. Yeah. You see, like, who was the last defensive tackle to get 12 sacks? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, like you're talking about. It doesn't about, happen. Uh, and, and as much as we love and, and admire him in this town, Jerome Brown was averaged like eight or nine a year. And he was spectacular. Like, like it's it's all all the 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 way that defensive tackles works is to make sure that the DNs finish. Like that's part of the game. Push them out of the pocket, make them go to one yeah. side or the other, and then they his, clean up the it's mess. It's not his prime. Fletcher Cox's primary job is not to sack the quarterback. Yeah, definitely disruption and a lot of that. So uh, we will get into the Doug Peterson discussion, including is the window open? Is it more closed? Got some interesting thoughts on it. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The Phillies winning percentage the past five years is about 36%. About the same as mine with my wife. What, am I not skanky enough for you? Looking forward to what's next and talking about it here. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's a lot of people that have taken Doug Peterson's quote and just kind of ran with it. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe that he's comparing the 1996 Green Bay teams or the 90s Green Bay teams to the same talent. Right? That you have to listen to that. 
the talent. Not the team. Not the team. The talent. Eh. Because, I don't know, you look at that roster, and I'm just not like, I'm not blown away by anything. I was just like, yeah, I think you could make the argument that they might have the same talent. And listen, I'm not saying that Brandon Graham or Derek Barnett, even though he's been compared to every five seconds to Reggie White's sack record, Reggie White is, there is no Reggie White on this football team currently. There is no Brett Favre on this football team currently. But there could be a Brett Favre here. I don't think there's ever going to be a Reggie White again, but there could be a Brett Favre here, and maybe you can recreate Reggie White in, in, in throughout the uh, you know the depth that they have there between all the different sacks. Maybe you <laughs> can recreate the D linemen together can equal Reggie. <laughs> Possible, and even then, I'm not sure. But I, I, you know, the full quote as he goes on through here is, "Well, we had the same talent in 2011, and that really didn't work out either. So it doesn't really matter overall. It comes on me. I love that about Doug Peterson." And when he goes back to saying, let's go and see what, are you just like you were saying, where Rube checked in on, you sure about that? Yes, I'm sure about that. I'm not backing down from my comments. The target's on my back. And now I'm expecting a playoff team. So if they don't get into the playoffs, then we have a large discussion about Doug again. I'm fine with what he said. And if Carson or if any other player said that and said, I think we have a lot of talent on this team. Obviously, talent doesn't do all this stuff, but I think we're the team to beat in the NFC East. We'd be going nuts. If Carson Wentz said that, we would love it. We would eat it up. There would be some like, hey, you shouldn't be saying that type of stuff. But Dak Prescott said the same thing. Nobody's nobody's getting in a fuss about that. I'm sure Dallas fans love that. I love what Doug Peterson said. I don't care. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love you. Um, I I I like the spirit behind it. Like what Brandon was talking about before, the concept of of doing whatever you can to fire up your guys. And Doug loves his guys. He loves Doug Peterson people and all that. Like I get that, and I don't. I I, I impossible to dislike that general concept. My issue is. Don't compare this team to a Super Bowl winning team. Like, just don't do it. You're adding extra pressure to a team that is theoretically kind of rebuilding right now, or at least in like the the rebuilding some rebuilding. stages of is rebuilding. rebuilding? Like, right. All right. Building up. Let's say like they were like kind of rebuilding. They did the second pick in the draft last year, even though they trade up for it. They got a new franchise quarterback. They are in the process of trying to become a contender again. They are not a automatic contender yet. We hope. My point is like I I'm again the the thought behind it that's fine I like you sporting guys I think he took it a step too far if he had said I think we're the team to beat in the NFC East I'd have no problem with that don't compare him to a team that won the Super Bowl like that's God. crazy so that's it so that's it they are just saying like they have they could have a, the the same kind of talent it's as a, a Super Bowl team it's just a stupid thing to say it's just adding expectations that don't need to be there I'm all for belief in your guys belief in yourself belief in your team it just is an added layer of expectation that i don't think you need to place james i think your problem with doug peterson let me put my dr phil hat on there. <laughs> oh, james, no. i think you're I is think that like problem. a bald cap is that yeah. the doctor hold phil on hat? i need to hear the no, full I impression of that. i can't do it i can't do it <laughs> he was about um, to do it do it do it um well james uh the, the problem <laughs> Uh, that, that, pretty good. That that's pretty good. Not with, bad. Uh, Doug Peterson is that you just don't like him. Yeah. yeah so I mean, that, that's, that's probably the no, biggest problem. No, no. Um, it is. It's up there in the problem. I, I think um, when it comes to that, though, and it comes to this year, I don't know if he's putting pressure on the team as much as he's putting it on himself, which yeah. I think is fair. If you're going to totally put pressure fair. on yourself and you're going to say, hey, I'm going to stand accountable for it, I, I respect that. Hey, you're the, you're the guy. All right. Then after the season, Doug's going to have to answer for that. Sure. Everyone's going to be like, hey, Doug, you said you thought this team had the talent comparable to a Super Bowl win- winning team. What went wrong? 
how much of it is on you now that we did your team didn't get there or hopefully they do get there but if it doesn't uh then he has to answer for it and as in your theory he could be held accountable in the sense that maybe he, he loses his job yeah, man, because that's what you that's that's what I'm saying. You should be happy. I, that's look, what you want. I look, I don't I, <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think it makes a difference. I think if they don't make the playoffs, he's losing his job, regardless of whether he oh, says yeah, they're nuts. the best team ever or the worst team ever. They're I I elect, again extenuating circumstances. If God forbid Carson Wentz gets hurt or something, it's a Way very different go, situation. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I said God forbid, all right? Uh God is on Carson's side. We're good here. Um but I, I think that like seriously, I think that that. I get what you're saying. I'm, I just think that it doesn't matter. I think Peterson's gone if they don't make the playoffs, period. End of story. I think he's gone. So why are you upset then? That's I'm, what I'm, I'm saying. Not, if I'm he's not, not really a- upset. <laughs> I'm not like livid. I'm not like, shut up, Doug. You're ruining everything. I'm just saying I feel like it's it doesn't. I, I think he could have di- done it differently. That's it. I don't like, you know. He done it differently. I mean, Jesus, he was on that football team. I think he had to like. Right. He's, he's just think, identifying think, the experience. Right. He was okay, there in 2011. So I, what I'm saying is I think together. what he's saying is ridiculous is my point. I'm saying it's ridiculous to say that this team has the same talent as a team that won the Super Bowl. In then, my mind. Then then th- that's what I'm saying. Then what, what is our expectation as this football team? Uh, we don't uh, think uh, it's a playoff team. We don't think playoffs. it could eventually it's go on a run. Then what are we the, talking about? Uh, you you think this is a Super Bowl team? I think it could go on a on a run in the playoffs. Wow. I don't think it's a Super Bowl team, but well, it could I, go then, on a run then, in the playoffs. Then, okay, so then if, even if, if we're they, talking about this team could be the the best offensive line if if Jason Peters has another 16 game season and Lane Johnson's here and the splits were so dramatically different with Carson Wentz Who is and this now there's we were talking the, the about the fan base in general if everybody's pumping this thing up and thinking I think they're an 8 to Nine win team and maybe ten if me. all things go right. So how are we? That's very different from things, the team that won a Super Bowl. The, like I'm just, it's, it's there's the a talent. It's not the, it's not the record. It's the talent. Right. This talent. This team is not as talented as that team that won the Super Bowl. In my mind. Eight eight seven two nine ninety four ninety four. Let's go to JD real quick. JD, what's going on, buddy? How are hey, you? Hey guys, great show. Great show. Uh, I was just tuning in and listening. Now you're talking about the defense and. uh I, I just keep going back, and I live right on, like, the Mason-Dixon line between Giant and Eagle. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, on the south side of 70. All my buddies are Giant fans. I'm sorry. I, I know. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. And listen, and, and, and top it off, 1979, I lose the state championship to Palms River North on the last play of the game in Giant Stadium. So oh. After losing zero games the whole time in high school. Yeah, it was horrible. Boy, oh boy. Horrible. Yeah, and the head coach, the head coach of Tom's River North was a guy named Bob Fiaco. And I find out like 20 years, 25 years later that he's a huge Eagle fan. He gathered them guys up after they scored and they were down 14, 13, 30 seconds in the game and asked them if they wanted to go for two. We beat them two weeks earlier, like 28 to three for the short <laughs> conference championship. They all said, yeah, let's go for it. You know, uh, uh, you're s- clearly you're over it. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I want to go back and play it again. And I'm 57. Gather everybody up like they, they, you know, but uh, listen, the Giants won. I want you guys to name me one guy in the secondary, the 2007-2011 Giants Super Bowls. Go ahead. 2007 to 2011? Yeah, don't look, don't Google it. I'm not Googling anything. Uh, I'm, try, I'm trying was, to go back from memory. Seahorn's still there in the 70, was it? Seahorn was, yeah, Seahorn was close. Yeah, in other words, nobody. They won with a pass. Will Blackman, I feel like Will Blackman was in one of those secondaries. JD, that's what we're saying. It just has to be serviceable because that defensive line was great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just don't get beat deep and let's go get the quarterback. The name of the game, as far as I'm concerned, since. 
you know, you were playing mighty might is let's go get the quarterback. Agreed. Oh, and no, think, absolutely. But, G.D., yeah. the, the problem is, and we appreciate the call. We're just up against the break there, buddy. Great story. I think that that's the problem, though, too. If it's not serviceable to the point of, like, they can't even cover in those immediate routes where they keep getting crushed, defensive line no longer exists. We'll get into it. We'll argue about Doug Peterson a little more, probably, and we'll take your phone calls. 888-729-9494. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowton. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD 1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So I don't think we're ever going to agree on Doug Peterson. He just the football no. season just needs to happen. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at with this thing. It's BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Editor in Chief of BleedingGreenNation.com, Mr. Brandley Gouton, and uh, your phone calls at 888-729-9494. Now, uh, I think we and, and trust me, we'll keep going with the Doug Peterson stuff. Oh yeah, but I think that the window is more closed than it is open with this particular group. The window's always going to be open with Carson Wentz if he pans out and is that franchise quarterback, and that's great. But in the history of the NFL, if they're not going to win the Super Bowl in the next three years, they probably won't. And unless you get a new coach or a new quarterback, nothing really changes. And we've seen that pretty much throughout everyone's career, even Hall of Famers that have come through the same. Russell Wilson, he wins a Super Bowl in year two, three. Yes, two. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Uh, you know, and it takes a while to kind of get back to it. So, like, people like uh, Matt Ryan this year with the Falcons, they had a great run. They went to the NFC Championship game, and then they had to go back and reset. They got a new coach, and then they got back to the Super Bowl again. So the, it it is with this window with Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, Fletcher Cox, Malcolm Jenkins, all those guys that are around there that are going to be in their primes and we're going to be peaking for a while. Sure, well, there'll be playoff runs, and there'll be different stuff that is going on. And the last time that even happened with the Eagles alone, with Andy and McNabb, was in 2008. And that was just kind of like, oh, wow, that's weird. They're here, you know? So you don't really see too often that a team, after, you know, three, four years of trying to get this thing rolling, and be like, okay, now we have all of the pieces to at least contend. Sure, there are, we're weak here or we're really strong there. But I, I don't think this window is as open as everybody thinks it is. Unless, of course, you think that Doug Peterson is going to be fired and then the, the discussion moves on a little further and kicks the can on down the road. But th- this team doesn't have as much time as, as people think, in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I think the way, and obviously it's a phrasing type of thing and all that, sure. I, think, I think we all agree that if Carson Wentz is going to be a franchise quarterback, then the window is his career, essentially. But um, I'm with you. I think that the way the team is currently constituted now um, it's it, it's kind of what we were just talking about. It's kind of a weird juxtaposition where it's like they're kind of trying to like recently start over in a sense, but at the same time kind of tooling up, you know, in the short term as they go with these one-year contracts with, you know, guys who are, who are on the back end, guys like Jason Peters, of course, and, you know, a fair amount of guys who we don't necessarily expect to be here in the next three to four years. So, yeah, I, I, John, I, I think it's 100% more closed and open. It's just a really interesting dynamic because you think of Carson Wentz being the window. So it's, it's kind of a tough one, but I agree. I think, I think the way the team is currently constituted, especially obviously like assuming Doug Pearson does not lose his job, which, you know, depends on how it goes this season <laughs> and all that. But um, I, yeah, I think it's more closed than, than open. Then that's why I mean to hear BLG. Like, I don't know if there's uh, that type of sense that you get from just kind of what's surrounding this. And look, 
if it all comes really down to if, if if Joe Douglas is the mecca of of you know scouting and things like that, and he can replace those guys, and you don't even think about it, sure, that's a different situation. But I don't know. I I think that they have to. I have to. They have this to be a little more aggressive. They have to attack this thing. That's why I don't mind Doug saying what he's saying. They got to get going right now. I think Doug's window is more limited. You know, obviously James thinks it could be over as soon as this year. <laughs> three um, three weeks in. Yeah. Hey, um, if they're zero and three and they lose by like a ninety to ten total score, well, anyone loses you know? ninety to ten, you know, that's pretty bad. Um, but I think Carson, uh, to your point, James, I think Carson's window is wide open. I mean that, and and, and in theory, that should keep the team's window open through several eras, maybe of different coaches or different. Players, well, I'm going to say general manager, but Howie Roseman's going to be here forever. So, yeah. um, a lifetime contract is a lifetime contract, yeah. Brandon. But I do think it's an interesting point because I did that post earlier on uh, this week on Bleeding Green Nation about how 13 of the players on the Eagles' 53 man roster are going to be 30. It's really 12 because Ryan Matthews is in there. So, 12 yeah, are going to be 30 or older by the end of the season. And JP is going to turn 36 after this season. Mm. He's your left tackle. And the specialists are in there too, so the punters like so you're not too Dorm worried about boss that. Yeah, and stuff, sure. Johnny Jones. Um, you're not as worried, but um, Darren Sproles, you know who's I like, guys. When this offense just had nothing last year, and there was no running back you could rely on, Darren Sproles for the first time in his career at age 33 was all of a sudden a lead running back. Yeah. Like he's the and and how many games, and going back to the Chip Kelly era where. Just playing awful. These are just playing awful. But a Darren Sproles big play or Darren Sproles punt return just springs the game open. Absolutely. Like, to lose a guy like that's going to be huge. So there are some key pieces here that the Eagles will have to replace. And so when you talk about that window, that's what uh, the concerns are. And that was one of the things that Bob and Marlton had mentioned in, in that running game, and I never really got to. I don't think that this is, uh, you know, that they have huge running back talent now. And all of a sudden, the running game is going to be great. There's still going to be a long way to go with that. We don't know who's going to be, you know, if I'm if I'm already thinking that LeGarrette Blunt is anywhere in that 100 to 130 carries range, then what happens? Then, <laughs> you know, like, okay, does it go Smallwood after that? Does it go, is Sproles the number two guy? Is Pumphrey, like, there's there's four running backs and even five of Corey Clement, you know, who I mentioned on the podcast, too. It's like, I think, I think you're definitely ended up on the practice squad because there's just no room. And they're not going to let you make this team over any of those guys, and they're going to have to let you wait for a year here. I don't know that a running back by committee has ever been you. I mean, it's been useful, and it and it works here and there. But like, I'm I'm still on. They don't have a they don't have a guy that can just be the guy. So I don't expect them to just all of a sudden have a, a running game. I'm I'm getting ready for 2002 Eagles. Where it's you got to just you know here's a hundred carries here's a hundred carries yeah. and you're gonna all be involved in the passing game somehow. Well, I think especially when you look at the the you know with bringing Blunt in the way that the group there is is constituted, you got the big bruiser, you got Sproles who could do everything, you got Smallwood who's a little different from both of those guys, and then I think Pumphrey theoretically could be all over the place. So who knows whether it's in the slot or or in the backfield or whatever. But yeah, I think Clement has no chance. Sadly, I like Corey Clement, but I think he has pretty much no chance to make the, the roster with incredibly the way, hard. It, it, like, it, yeah, it, somebody needs to get hurt or Wendell Smallwood. They need to like Wendell Smallwood less than we think they like him. Um, but regardless, I, yeah, John, I think, I think there's no way that this is a situation where you have a bell cow guy. Like maybe there's a game where the matchup dictates that like, all right, this is, this is Blunt's game. This is a soft defensive yeah. front. Like we're going to plow into them all game, but I think that is going to be the exception more than the rule. All right, let's go to uh, Mitchie tools there in center city. What's going on, Mitch? Hey, I'm at work, guys. Let's let's all get excited for another eight or nine win season. 
I'm, <laughs> Mickey, wait, wait. That's, I'm, that's well said. You know, I'm, I'm a long-time caller. I'm, 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 I'm excited. But, you know, let's all talk about, we have, you know, Lane Johnson, blah, blah, blah. But this, this has to be a Wentz show this year. This of has to be, because ultimately we talk about coaching this, but this is this quarterback has to step up. And I want your thoughts on it. But I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, nine wins. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing bells and whistles from every every department in this organization. I want your thought on that. I mean, everybody's getting excited, you know. Oh, we're going to go to the playoffs. Let's just see what happens. And I and I want your your thoughts. Is you know is Wentz going to come out smoking gun? Is he going to be conservative? And just kind of roll it out through there. Yeah, and, 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 Mitch, and Mitch, we appreciate the call, but I know you're at work, so I didn't want to want to have you stay on the phone that long. I think just what everything's doing, and and, and as we look at these Doug Peterson comments. It's about firing those guys up and getting them going. It doesn't mean that, you know, ultimately they're just going to turn into a Super Bowl team overnight, but you got to put that mentality in their head. You got to get Wentz going. You I mean like yes, we've we've all said that once. The season runs through Carson Wentz in his second year leap. And if it's not large, ooh, we're going to I mean it's <laughs> you know, that's when we're all going to have some wet pants and some soiled yeah. pants and we're like what is going on here? I don't even think you need to say this the season runs through Wentz's jump. I could you say the future of the Eagles runs through Wentz's jump. Yeah. I think it's that important that we see a noticeable jump this year, especially. I mean, there are no excuses, right? Like we've talked a lot exactly. and like we've talked about this a ton on the podcast at BGN underscore radio about the idea that, you know, like one way or the other, like there Carson Wentz last year, you can we've made a lot of excuses for him. And sometimes maybe we're wrong to do that, but there were legitimate reasons you could point to the overuse that the atrocious group of weapons around him, all that stuff. But this year there aren't like, you know, obviously injuries can happen. Excuses can happen along the way, but with the way they've set it up with the offensive line, they should have with the weapons they should have around him. And with Wentz having a full off season, working with it, you know, the QB guru, all that type of stuff, BLG, like, like there's no excuses. Carson Wentz, it not just we, you know, we hope he, he has to take a legitimate step forward. And to bring it back to, the first thing I said on the show today that like he's the guy I want to see really step up right away in training camp and come out strong, not like he did so much in spring practices where it's kind of a slower start. Like, because that's you, you, you hit the nail on the head there, James. He's the franchise, it's not mm-hmm. just about this season. And I think the one thing to keep in mind about that is we always talk about how you know these players make that big leap from year one to year two. I think that's a very valid point, and I think we do need to see that growth, we need to see improvement. I think it's important to remember he's not a finished product yet still. I mean, again, we have to go back to the fact that this guy is only still not too far removed from being in NCAA 1 FCS. And, you know, he threw the amount of passes he threw last year, which is the second most of any rookie ever. That was almost the same amount he threw in four years of college That's combined. Insane. Like, So there's still a learning curve here. I'm not saying that that excuses like flat out bad play, but I'm just saying, you know, like, we can't nit- nitpick too much in year two to the extent of like, oh, well, you know, I didn't like this little thing. I mean, like, the, it'll be obvious, I think. If he improves and we're seeing it, we'll know. I think it'll Absolutely. be clear. Yeah, and that's where I always come back to, like, if there are – it has to be so incredibly bad for them to fire Doug Peterson. Because look at what's on the line just on top of everything else. You've invested in this young QB. You sold the entire fan base that you have a, a plethora of guys that have played the position, including your head coach, your offensive coordinator, and your QB coach have done all that stuff. On top of which, this will be a, 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 another short stint for a head coach. 
You hired Chip Kelly. You got rid of him in three years. And I know that there's all the circumstances and Chip Kelly's a bad guy and whatever, but that still doesn't matter for an incoming head coach. And now you're going to fire the guy that replaced him in two years if he doesn't make the playoffs. Now you're now you're filled with this. I mean, all we've asked for is consistency a lot of the time after all this kind of mad scramble is happening. So, yes, there are definitely, and I'm not saying that you will, you just wait and see when you try and hire somebody better than Doug Peterson. It's not as easy as it looks. Look, if he's incredibly bad, you need to move on. Sure, we've all had the theory that, you know, if Flip would take over or Reich would take over, whoever. What does that mean for, for Schwartz in, in this stuff? I mean, a new incoming head coach is literally going to go, I don't want that. I don't want that. I need my own staff, and let's rock and roll here. They are not going to get another Doug Peterson, and that's why no matter what, He's going to be on this football team next year. Oh, you, no matter what is a ridiculous thing no to say. No matter what. Oh, oh, so if they go 6 and 10 or, or 5 and 11, oh, and he's 16. back. Yeah, 0 oh, and 16. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, I but, said with the extreme of all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, and I I agree with the general, you know, thought of what you're saying. I do think that the Eagles don't want to keep firing and rehiring head coaches. I don't think they want that instability. Maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe, I, I, I really maybe, do. maybe it's a little side game. They love it. I'll it's bet a, you one dollar. <laughs> Mortimer! Uh, that was good. Um, but for real, I don't, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm sure that's not what they want. But ultimately, you need to have a good guy in that spot, right? Like, that's more important. It's more important than the consistency to get the right guy in that job. And and in my opinion, if he's not the right guy, then you have to move on. And I'm not saying we know that he is or isn't. I, I obviously lean more towards he's not. You lean more towards he might be. But regardless, I think that what happens on the field this season is going to matter for him, even though they don't want the instability. If he continues to make mistakes he shouldn't make if they are a seven and nine eight and eight team that wasn't as close to the playoffs as they should have been whatever it is i think he's gone 888-729-9494 pound 94 94 and your verizon 18 t cells it is bgn radio on sports radio 94 wip let's go to quinn in Reading. quinn what's going on hey guys how's it going good what up quinn Hey, Jimmy. How's it going? How was Portland, man? It was awesome. It was a, nice. it was a blast. Man. It looked like nice. it was too awesome, by the yeah, way. Yeah, a little too <laughs> awesome, but, you know, I'll get, I'll get back into this thing, I think. Yeah, hey, well, I, I love everything you guys are putting out now. BGN's awesome. Counterpoint's great. Thanks, Jack. Hey, hey, look at that. Jack Fritz with yeah, his hand in I there. I love it. It's, it's great. Thanks, um, pal. But, yeah, I, I just wanted to call in, check in with you guys. I just wanted to say also if uh, I think a real concern for this season is if Nick Foles has to start any game. That's going to be real tough. You know you're hitting on you Brandon's uh, wheelhouse. You're here. speaking to the right people here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's because I mean, we need we need Wentz. We need to ride him to wherever he's going to take us. But also just in terms of the Doug Peterson conversation, I really think everything is in his hands. If he wants to keep his job, he needs to not make stupid mistakes. And he, if he does that, he won't get fired. Yeah, that's, and that's really what it comes down to. And again, I don't think Doug Peterson is this freaking guru and we're all going to be like, oh my, right. how did this happen? And he's the next Belichick. Who, who, who do you love more, Doug Peterson or Sam Bradford? It's a tough <laughs> one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to reach into the pot of gold and come out, come out and see what happens on the other side. But honestly, I think if it's just, if he is, and I look at him the same way I do with the secondary. If he's comparable, Carson Wentz is going to take care of the rest. That's right. it. That's what I'm saying. Like, just call good plays. That's all he needs to be. Because if yes. Carson Wentz is what he is, we're good. We're all good. Yeah. We've seen it with every bad head coach in the NFL. That, Aaron, well, Aaron Rodgers is spectacular, yeah. and he makes up 
were the head coach's mistakes? Yeah, Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl. That, that, the now, best... I know that's like a high reach because yeah, Aaron but... Rodgers is one of the best of all time. And also, but Mike still. McCarthy made one of the worst coaches to win a Super Bowl as well. So it's like a real <laughs> juxtaposition there. So what is it... It? Hold on. Time out. What is it with that word in the sports world now? Why is everybody know. using that word? Well, because it's a it's, <laughs> a, a, it's a it's a good word it's a good to describe things on just, opposite ends. I hear of the spectrum. it everywhere. It's it's yeah. amazing how they really caught fire. If you use big terms, yes. <laughs> Listen, I'm stupid, Quinn, and I don't like them because it rattles my brain. John, there are a lot of machinations to this machinations. discussion. A lot of Look at that. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we'll have a, a a big words conversation in the get John Ritchie and he'll win easily. It, I've never heard anyone use it. Uh, he uses at least one word a show. I've never heard of him. But I, yeah, that's I, I, that's why I keep coming back to though. Like. I don't understand what what do you want Doug Peterson to be? Do you want him to be this the the best or like how many discussions have we had in any sport in this town? Coach doesn't really need to be that good. Yeah, he just needs to not awesome. make mistakes. Let's shoot for Fantastic. mediocrity. That sounds great. Like oh, I don't need my no, coach. No, the talent to be good. just needs to be on the field. I know. I'm That's with it. you. It's more important. But like, look, if you're given a choice of you can have a, a really good coach, you can have this mediocre guy who of might course. be fine. Right. Exactly. So my point is like. If they're not winning with this mediocre coach, then he should go. Like, I get it. You can win with a mediocre. We've seen, again, Mike McCarthy, we have seen teams win with mediocre, too bad head coaches. But that's I, what I'm saying. What, we, don't, we don't know the line on and that. And we don't know what Doug is. Is it eight I wins? Agree. Is it seven? Is it six? Like, when you say uh, oh, my, no. My line is if they don't make the playoffs, he's gone. Like, Good. That's but what that's, I'm saying. Th- that's he, mine. Th- that's what he was saying. And that's that's why I'm going, that's what okay, Doug is saying. you and I both look at this team. And I'm I'm pretty sure Brandon does too at a nine win football team. Yeah, they're right if on the fringe of making the yeah. playoffs. They're right so, there. So if Doug says, actually, guys, there's a lot of talent on this football team and we're ready to go. Back my, to my, my point, I don't care about that though. Like that's no, fine. no, but I'm saying my expectation now goes, Doug says this is a playoff team. Great. Now I think it's a playoff team. And if it's not, then we need to have a serious conversation about it. If you don't make the playoffs. Right. I love is, it. That's what that's I'm saying. Fine. Let's let's get the horses up and let's freaking rock and roll. And that's fine. And uh, cool. Whatever. Again, <laughs> to my to my point of if it's going to get him gone, if they don't make the playoffs, let's roll. But my, uh, I get what you're saying. My point is more just like, just if Doug Pearson says he believes they're a playoff team, that doesn't make me believe they're a playoff team. Like, I don't, uh, why would no, I believe no, what I'm Doug not has saying to say? that you believe or I believe. I'm, I'm saying, saying the, the expectation is now this is a playoff team. Right, which so was I'm saying, stupid of him to do. <laughs> I, I don't think so. It all be shows Doug, Doug Peterson another brilliant <laughs> saying. Yeah, good, good job. Conference. Yeah, where's your juxtaposition now? Trying to spit out right, but why is it stupid? It was gone. If, why is it stupid if you believe that anyway? I know. Well, it's uh, look, who, I, because I think it. Oh, adds is Facebook more killing him right now? By the way. Yeah, everyone, say that? everyone hates Steam. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else is new? <laughs> uh, look, I, I, I'm with you. Look, I, I think they could certainly be a playoff team with Doug Peterson. Like I, I think that Doug Peterson could do less harm than he did this past season. I think that is absolutely in play. And and that's where that's where I think we've just gone and then and blown all this stuff up. Where it's just like, oh, we lost all these games. He lost, I think, maybe two games in my head. Dallas. And I won't even Giants game. He lost the Giants. Yeah, I don't agree with the Giants. I, I, yeah, see, I don't. I don't. Th- I no, think Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz into whatever yeah. t- hand in hand. They <laughs> both played. A bit. The point was, as yeah. bad as Wentz played, they still had a chance to win the game if certain decisions go certain. They had a chance to win both of those games down to the wire. So it's not like he just like totally right. blew this game. That. I'm not saying yeah. it's all Doug Pearson's fault. I'm saying that you know they also won a game at the end of the season that doesn't count. So like sure. you know they're they're a six win team as much as anything, but. Regardless, the point I'm not saying, oh, it's all Doug Peterson's fault. They lost nine games because of Doug Peterson. I'm saying Doug Peterson didn't do anything to show me that he is 
one of the 32 best head coaches in the NFL. One, or potential. Thir- one of the potential. 32 best. There's 32 jobs. I'm saying like, he, all right, <laughs> let's a, put it this way. He, Jeff show. Peterson did nothing to show me that he should be one of the 32, like one of these 32. Like he didn't Man. do it. What, what did he do to show you that? Like, I, really? Like, the point is, I feel like it's still an unknown. I lean more towards I've been less impressed than more impressed. That's we'll, it. We'll continue this. Plus, I definitely want to get into why uh, Washington and Dallas are an extreme dumpster fire, because I can't wait for that. And every single Dallas fan that listens to our podcast just gets so twisted and so upset that we say actual facts about actual teams. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So uh, there's a uh, there's a lot going on in the the off season, and honestly, for as crazy and busy as it was with the Eagles, and we're all we were even right now, I'm still expecting the Eagles are going to do something that we're all going to be scrambling about. <laughs> they haven't done that this year. Can they trade Sam Bradford again? Yeah, or I don't is know. That is, that, can, is, is, is that possible? That would be amazing. But I got to tell you, Washington and Dallas are giving us a real treat here. I mean, let's start with Dallas, just because I teased that first. But I definitely want to get into Washington because I think it's more atrocious. I think we can all agree in this room that Washington has the worst offseason ever. Is oh, that my correct? God, yes. I, uh, criminal, almost, <laughs> in some ways. Speaking of criminal, uh, <laughs> oh. the, 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 that's, that's what I don't understand. Like D- Dallas has had a pattern of this. That is not an arguable thing. Like We can all – the funny thing to me is when we bring up things like Ezekiel Elliott – and there are Eagles fans, including myself, who tweet stuff like, man, Zeke Elliott seems like a real big piece of blue. And people don't need to get arrested to you know have their character criticized. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. I think we've done that with our own players a lot in this town. But, uh, you know, Dead's been put out this thing, and it's a, and trust me, please go read it. It's a, it's a very hard for me to explain in, in such a short amount of time. But the, but the basic premise of this is that the NFL – was trying to desperately get every single detail that was coming through Columbus in a tiny bit of a shady way, like almost a conflict of interest type of way, where it's just like, you just have to let us handle our case. We'll get to you. Everything's on public record. But they keep needling and needling, like, no, we need to know everything, 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 everything. And it's 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 weird to me how this Zeke thing has kind of panned out, where Sure, you could look at it two different ways. You could look out on the side of like, see, I told you he didn't really do anything, and this is people trying to do this and uh, and just trying to get a rise out of him, and they know he's an athlete, and I mean, it's not like they're getting money or anything out of him, right? Like, hey, I got an idea. When Zeke gets here, have him try and punch me in the nose. <laughs> you know, think about that logically, and you're just going, well, that doesn't really add up that much. But like when all of all of this thing comes out where, I mean, sure, a, a bar brawl, Whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, on top of everything, it it doesn't really matter. I'm sure that we were all young in our 20s, and we got we got into fights. Hell, Jaleel Okover here, we were kind of defending there when he was getting into fights in Boston and some of that, and it was kind of back and forth. Then he ended up being a bad player, and then we're like, well, see, this is should have been a pattern. Like, I get it. We we all fan bases do that stuff, but it's just the track record of Ezekiel Elliott, which is more concerning at least for in an NFL landscape and for Dallas alone, like they're freaking out about this, everything that they've done. And that's the other side that I look or I'm like, okay, well, logically, if you have, you know, a guy that was taking a selfie, delete his social media account. After this thing happens, the Dallas police literally tried to get a hold of the guy via Twitter who, who got punched in the nose. He's gone. And then this 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 article on 105.3 The Fan just happens to be there from a, a freaking Dallas Cowboys fan. So, oh, I saw the whole thing, actually. 
and Zeke didn't punch anybody. And everybody goes, see, 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 I told you. That was the one thing that you're going off? Not, not everybody else just kind of ghosting? Look, this happens in the NFL a lot. People try and sweep things under the rug, especially when it's a when it's a a, a prime time player. Star they, player. I yeah. mean, they they put him in the NFL top ten, right? Somewhere so. out of the one hundred, so, or somewhere close to that. So, you know, it looks bad for everybody. That's that's what that's what they're trying to hide, and Dallas is trying to hide it too. This is Jerry's thing, and he pretty much runs the league. And this isn't nothing. This is nothing new. That's what I'm saying. It's not because sure. I mean, in a football perspective, yeah, it'd be great not to face, face Ezekiel out and whatever. But it's their characterization of the guys that they draft. It's the chances that they take. And sorry, this is what you're left with at the end of the day. Yeah, well, I mean, just looking at the, the past year, I mean, Randy Gregory, we've got, you know, David Irving, we've got uh, the other linebacker, Damian Wilson, Damian Wilson Ronaldo, Ma- Rolanda McClain. I mean, Nolan like, Carroll. Nolan Carroll. I mean, like, it's just one after the other after the other. And then, of course, you know, they did sign uh, some guy named Greg Hardy a, mm. a couple years ago. Um, so it's just <laughs> a pattern. And then, and specifically with Zeke, when you're just looking at the Zeke thing, it's like, you know, look, I'm I'm very big on on you know, guilt, innocent until proven guilty, and all that. Absolutely, type of stuff. there is so much smoke around this, and it's not just that it's like one thing; it's that it's one thing, then another thing, then another thing, and another thing, and it's at college, and it's a college, it's a college, and now it's in the NFL, and it's this thing in the NFL, and then this thing, and then this thing. It, I mean, that's a pattern, okay? Yeah. Like you know, they're not all false. It's not like none of these things happened, okay? There is too much there. We'll see how the investigation, how that stuff all comes out. But I think you really, BLG, personally, I think you have to look at the, the pattern of everything and say, all right, like, come on, man. Totally agree. There was even a parking ticket, which, or sorry, a speeding ticket, which in itself, not a major deal. But when you look on that on top of everything else, it's like, come on. Like, there's clearly something here. One point about the the article about oh, the guy who was like the key witness that said Zeke didn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't believe this article got published. It literally said, in the quote about this guy that Zeke didn't do it, that he was near Zeke because he wanted a selfie. He was a Cowboys fan. So like that's <laughs> that's whose word we're trusting here. The other thing about this whole thing that I, I don't know if people realize this. I don't think people do as much. There are literally people hired in these organizations to make stuff disappear. And those literally. guys make a lot of money. And by the way, there's there's been stuff with former Eagles players who've, who've been in the city and on the team who there was things that you may have heard of if this guy, if this person, you know, wasn't around and <laughs> they weren't doing their, their job. job. These exactly. People. That's what I'm trying to say. They're yeah. very good at their job. They make things disappear, and that's why you don't hear about it. And listen, fixers. It's a it's a nightclub, right? Yeah. Nightclubs have cameras. Every uh, single one of them. All, does. Yeah. Like uh, and lots of cameras. All over the place. We knew that was the Sean McCoy the moment that oh, that story yeah. came out. Even though he was a former Eagle at that point, that came out. And guess what? He's not on the Eagles anymore. And guess why? They can't clean that up anymore because he's not with the Eagles. He's in Philadelphia. So no tape, <laughs> right? Unless it's <laughs> un- unless there is unless I'm completely off here and this nightclub doesn't, in fact, have security cameras. But that would be crazy because oh, as no, a person who, who's worked there? in the restaurant industry literally forever, Me even too. at a normal bar, their security cameras. Oh, every restaurant I've ever worked at. Specifically for that. No tape. Zeke hasn't come out and said, this is ridiculous. No one from his, only sources from, I mean, literally Adam Schefter has tweeted out things like, they're just trying to get him. So they're just going to them for, Jerry's not really saying anything. And the whole line, the company line is, well, he'll grow up and he'll mature and this thing will be in the past. And listen to that. That is, we've seen that a a bunch of times with, with players. And that is very true. I don't see that happening with this guy, though. I mean, like, he's just 
it, they're they're in a point where they're just kind of enabling him. Yeah, well, see, that's the point. Really, the point is, if he's not going to get in trouble for anything, why would he stop doing it? They, they, they protected Des Bryant when he first came in the league, and he matured, and they're sure. like, okay, Michael no Irvin. more of this stuff. We're putting literally security guys yeah. around. You have a curfew. You have all this stuff. Michael you don't Irvin mean back anywhere. in the day. I mean, that, like he, Michael Irvin had well-documented issues early in his career. He's talked about it himself, and he, yeah. look, he's turned out to be, like, he's fine. Michael yeah. Irvin really got it together. Absolutely so, like, it can happen, but you need to, at some point, there needs to be some sort of, of you know, res- you have to be responsible for your actions at some point or else you will never learn to stop doing those actions. Let's go to uh, James real quickly in uh, New Mexico. James, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing just fine. How about yourself? Good, man. Yeah, so I'm surprised none of these Dallas players have taken the advice from Chris Carter where you got to have got a fall, fall guy. guy. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. It's just, I mean, this is classic, just not having your fall guy. So, you know, you got to find somebody out there. But, uh, yeah, no, I live in eastern New Mexico, and it's basically just West Texas and flat and boring. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just the the mindset of the Dallas fans is is truly a wonder to, to see and to watch uh, out here. Yeah, and, so, and, and, and two, I mean, I will be slightly fair, because if this was happening in Philadelphia – I think there would be there would be a lot of defense. Well, it's like, well, hey, we we don't know, and there would be the same lines of like, ah, uh, you know, wait for the facts to come out. But this is, I mean, we're we're, we're pretty much all the way there on by this even, point. Even when Shady had his thing, everyone was kind of like, uh, uh, like, uh, you know, yeah, with so, with with PYT not, and all that, <laughs> yeah, not, not tipping and all, no. but we knew we knew that he wasn't that great of a guy. Yeah, but hey, you put up numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Appreciate the call, James. That That's should right. be the tagline for the but NFL. Hey, he put up He's not that great a guy, but he put up numbers. Speaking of New Mexico, let's stay there and yes. let's go to our good friend David. What's happening, buddy? Good to hear from you, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic, so, sir. Two calls from the, from the state of New Mexico in the space of fifteen minutes. How about you know, that? I think, I'm running, like for, I think I'm running for mayor. So what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, you guys should hook up and get together. That's yeah, what I'm saying. New Mexico uh, BGN yeah, we're, club. We're, out we're there. the fact there's only three of us out here. <laughs> <laughs> what's on your mind, David? Um, two things. One, uh, this whole Dallas Cowboy thing has always been uh, an absolute mess, and I've been telling Cowboy fans. You know, since I've been, you know, since I've been out here when Zeke's getting in trouble, this is a pattern of behavior. He had this problem in college. Mm-hmm. He's not going to grow up. And and the reason why a lot of the players who have problems uh, and actually grew out of them and actually learned their lessons because somewhere along the line there was a consequence. Yes. Somewhere along the line, yes. some money was taken from them. Somewhere along the line, they missed some games. Yes. Until this happens to Zeke, you know, it's all going to be swept under the rug. And you know what? I want him to play. I want him to play because yeah. when we beat the shit out of Dallas, I don't want any excuses. All right. Um, dump, dump, dump. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was just, uh, I know we get a little fired up there, but uh, yeah. Know, we can do it on Fortune. the podcast. We do it on the podcast. Think, can't David, do it on the radio. David, great caller, <laughs> dude. Yeah, Keep just, going. We love you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was just, that actually shocked me. That I, just, I was but, like, but the fury, whoa, the fury hey, and the fire. I loved it because he's like, I want to, I want to, yo, man. We all want the same thing. Yeah, us. David, we all, even though no one else out there in the radio heard it, hopefully, yeah. uh, we all agree with you and we want to do that too. Yeah, and that's, a, that's kind of like what, actually, that's what we kind of wanted to finish off with so get this in your mind too because i feel that way about any of these teams in the nfc i want them to be good but i want the eagles to be better than them and 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 we had a question on the podcast that i thought was and to see it's going to be a two-on-one fight and i'm ready for it but like would you rather it just like the you know the eagles plow through this division and have it have it 
99 to, you know, 05 and just, yep. just kind of have that? Or would you want it like the 90s and the MCs being a little tougher and, and having them being on top? I mean, obviously, no, I don't want to repeat like the, the disappointing oh, yeah, Buddy Ryan You want to see all the other teams in the, the division win a Super Bowl oh, again? Yeah, that sounds great. Here, we got Let's the, take that risk we got again. The, got the best defense in the NFL, but oh, here's Phil Sims winning the Super Bowl. Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't want that either, but I'm just saying, you know, all right. Let's go to Matt in, <laughs> Matt in San Francisco. What's going on, pal? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Thanks, man. Good. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring up, um, you know, because we're coming up on a year of uh, when Teddy Bridgewater went down and how that really set everything up. Not only, um, you know, a son in Bradford back out there, but uh, we get the first round pick, which we get Derek Barnett. Mm-hmm. And then Alshon Jeffrey would never have signed with uh, with us if uh, if Bradford was, you know, going into this season. Yeah, because he denied him. He denied he him said, from I'm Minnesota. I am. <laughs> Despite so that, the terms I mean, and all that, that. That's just crazy to think about, you know, a year, how that one injury really set us up for where we're going now, you know, and then that, that pick is Barnett too. So we got, you know, it, it's just crazy to think back on that a year from now. Yeah. I think that's, that's, I think if this team becomes, if, if for some reason this team wins the Super Bowl, that's going to be, everybody's going to turn to that point right there of just like, Oh my gosh. And then this happened. It'll be like, it'll be like Minnesota does it again. <laughs> look what they, look what yeah, they did. Yeah. They gave him a mini little, uh, they gave him a freaking, you know, a player that's going to be around for the next, you know, eight years. And it was because they really wanted Sam Bradford. <laughs> Rick Spielman does it again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's pretty interesting, man. Are you getting pumped for the season? Yeah, really. Uh, so, you know, born and raised in New Jersey, been out here for uh, six years now, but um, you know, I, I, I'm so hesitant, though, um, you know, kind of where we're going now. The running back situation does scare me. I, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in when Patriots play, let uh, players go like Blunt. They normally don't do that well when they're on their new teams. And, you know, he had that history with the Steelers when he went there, and that didn't work out. So I'm kind of, you know, we're, I think we're putting a little too much faith in him, in, you know, in particular. Yeah, man. We, yeah, we discussed that a little bit. I, I, I don't really disagree. Uh, I just I think, think it's that a little if, overblown that yeah, narrative. I think it's, yeah, I think there's. Bill Belichick has definitely let players go who played well at other places. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's definitely yeah. not like I. And he's definitely had Chandler pe- Jones was pretty freaking awesome right. this past season. And, so. he's, and he's definitely had people that have come in and haven't been great. Don't you dare say Eric Rowe yet. I was going to say Albert Hainsworth. I think Eric Rowe's a star. <laughs> uh, we will uh, still take your phone calls, Mark and Dan. Hang on line, and uh, as we flip and go into our last few segments, we want to talk about Washington's off season too. Uh, plus, we're going to have fun with home run calls as a little side bonus. It's BJN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Dear Washington fans, stop giving Dan Snyder money. <laughs> stop it. This is not me attacking you. This is not me just saying like, oh, the Eagles are the best run organization in the world. They are messing with your Sundays and you're paying for them. Yep. I have never seen a franchise in the history of franchises go, we're going to dump all these picks into this number one quarterback in in uh, in RG3. And it, as an insurance policy, just in case that doesn't work out, let's strengthen up and maybe if he's good enough, we can flip him anyway if RG3 is good. And if he's not, then, then maybe he can be something in Kurt Coupons, Kurt Cousins, is your fourth-round pick. You drafted two quarterbacks in the same year, and neither one of them, and the one guy that's in your insurance policy, look, I don't think he's the greatest quarterback in the world, but he's what's needed. (laughs) What is your plan? What are you doing? Are you going to tag him for close to $30 million next year? Like, he is walking away, and I have never seen a franchise be as disheveled 
as what's going down in Washington. Yeah, John, maybe, you know, it's not the best idea to smear your GM as an alcoholic and like smear him on the way out the door. And then, I don't know, not have a general manager for the draft or the offseason yeah. or any of that stuff. When you've got your you know m- most important decision as a franchising Kirk coupons that you've had in, I don't know, since trading everything you have for RG3. So I, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe not, you know, crapping on your GM and pushing him out the door because you don't like to cede control to anybody. I've never seen, idea. I've never ever seen publicly anybody from a franchise come out and go, we gave you a, a ton of money and you said, and your agent said, no, I don't, I don't think so. And we're not going to have account. What PR strategy are they doing down there? Uh, the bad one, the, <laughs> the, the not good. They're doing the, the Dan one, Snyder the, one, the damage control one. Yeah, the one where when he inevitably leaves, they can at least be like, "Well, we tried," but the problem with that is, like, no, you didn't. You just made yourself look worse. Yeah, yeah. and the, and again, I can't get over like we talked about it on the podcast on the air when it was happening. Like, like it, like I was joking a little before, but it almost felt criminal what they did to Scott McLuhan on the way out. Whatever issues that dude yeah. had, like how they played that was about as ugly as any organization I've ever seen play something like that. Like it was. It was outrageous what they did to that yeah. guy, especially considering that he was like the one guy in the building who knew football. So I, I like, I, I got nothing. Man. I can't even like. I'm speechless when it comes to Washington. I welcome, and they're so racist. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I welcome everyone in Virginia, Maryland, West Virginia, wherever you are. Come on up, man. Yeah, we'll I'm, I'm opening up the doors. Like I know we're not the greatest in the world, and sure, you got the Super Bowls, and it's just like everybody else in this damn league, and where yeah, you, know, you got to deal with that stuff, but. Our doors are open. So this is the first time that I would like to welcome in all the Washington fans <laughs> to Philadelphia. It's not fair to them. If you want to jump? I mean, it is really not fair not, to you guys. I, feel, I you do guys, feel for them. You can, I know it would be hard to come to us because the rivals for But seriously, just pick another team. Yeah, I, every, every, everybody else will say that's okay because this is not? insane. I can't believe that, you know, as much as we'll grab on the Cowboys and whatever, and like, I can't believe the NFL is not stepping in. NFL, why aren't you stepping in? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like I'm more concerned about that for the that just it blows my mind that you're just going to give it to some rich whites SOB that is just doesn't that could literally pee on on everybody's face and everybody be like, oh, that was great. I'd I like I'd like more season tickets. He is doing that. It's amazing he is to me. peeing on their faces. Let's go to Mark in Collegeville real quick. Mark, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, fellas, what's up? What up, Mark? What's up, Seltzer? What's going on, man? Not much, man. How's Portland? It was awesome, man. By the way, speaking of Portland, um, uh, you hung out with one of our Patreon subscribers I and did. our listeners. Out not my real emails. Yeah. John, my guy. <laughs> John we had a blast. We had a blast. All right, well, I just want to touch on uh, a couple things real quick. I mean, one, one thing is, um, you know, the whole thing with Peterson, everybody, you know, already wants to put doubt on him and everything like that and say that after this year, if he doesn't do anything, he should go. I mean, I mean, Standard thing with with head coaches is, you know, first year, you know, they're brand new, they're getting into the role. Second year, you know, they're feeling out from what they had the first year and trying to piece together everything to put something together. And then usually the third year is the year that they decide on whether or not they're going to keep them or not. So everyone coming down on Peterson for this year, you know, I think they should cut him a little slack. I mean, he was working off of what Chip Kelly destroyed from the previous year. He's now trying to work with a team that they're trying to piece together for him. So, I mean, as far as Peterson, 
you know, I think they should cut him a little slack, at least until next season, to see what he can really pull out because he's still fitting into the role. He's still new at it. Yeah, Mark, see, tell James. Tell James. Yeah, did you pay Mark to call? I did. I actually had like him. Look, I I think his point holds water, but it's more the point that, like, yes, that used to be the way it worked in the NFL, but now it's it the 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 cycle is just quicker, man. Like you just don't have as much time. Yeah, uh, and uh, and it's just um, I hope it's I hope that's not a reality of, of me uh, and us being Eagles fans just sitting here going like, Ugh, here we go again, turning <laughs> turning the Browns or or what or not anymore. I don't even know who to tag anymore. Turning to Washington? No, that'll never happen. But still, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I just hope it I hope it uh, you know kind of eases up here. All right, that's we're gonna wrap things up. But before we go, yes, we're gonna jump into the, another sport. Uh, because Aaron judges, man, I know he's a Yankee, but like uh, hit a, he hit a towering home run last night. Swung on there, it goes deep left. Uh-oh. Oh, Jack. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. It's a, it's a producing there we go. Swung on there, it goes deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Upper deck, a tremendous home run. For Aaron Judge, it is a Judgean blast. Oh, oh! All rise! Here comes the Judge. No, oh, you're burying the lead. You're burying the lead. A Judgean home run. There are so many different home run calls that would work. I mean, like, can we not? Can we just get to a point where I mean, there are so many different puns that we can go in. For instance, for instance. You know, like, oh yeah, can, Jack, can you play the the little just the just give me the baseball hit and then I'll go from there. There's a long drive. All rise as Aaron Judge has just handed that baseball a subpoena. It's gone. <laughs> you know, can we get to the? Uh, can we do the over the yeah, top uh, that stuff voice there, James? Is so good. I will try. Not not with the the, the power, but I will give me <laughs> give me give me the hit. The judge's verdict is in, and that ball is out of here. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't make sense either. That ball's guilty. Yeah, well, that's Paul's guilty. That oh, it's too. out of here. Yeah. Yeah, well, the verdict is in. It's out of here. It's gone. Oh, the it's verdict is out of here. The verdict is in. The ball's out of here. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Get out of here. BLG, you got to call. gone guilty, too. That would have been good. I didn't want to step hit. on BLGs. I got to get the hit. Yeah. yeah. One more time. That ball is guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, see, it is high. So it many, is fine. So many, so many, so many different, uh, different little puns. My favorite, real quick, my favorite thing about John Sterling is when he goes, and this doesn't happen with Aaron Judge home runs because they're all like 10,000 feet long. But when I'll do that, it is high. It is far. <laughs> It is caught in shallow left field. That happens three times a game with John Sterling. It's the best. Listen, this is this is how a true pro does it here. Tremendo pelotazo, una línea del bate de Torreyes. Oh, por el center field, olvídala. ¿Dónde cae la pelota? Esta se va, se va al parque de monumentos. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes, tell them. Tell them, Ricky Ricardo. Listen, Ricky Ricardo, who is my radio father, that's how you do it. Well that's done, sir. That's how you sir. do it. That's there a home go. run call right there. Uh, folks, it's been a, a fantastic show. Uh, thank you to Sue Schilling for the updates. And, of course, Jack Fritz producing Behind the Board. I am John Barchard for James Seltzer. Brandon Lee Gout, and this has been BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.